it always starts with a guess. I'm so yeah. glad that you said that word. This is the Fearless Pricing Podcast, where we meet and talk about real-life pricing experience. I'm your host, Filip Fucic. Pricing is hard. This is a podcast for fearless professionals and those who would like to feel that way. It's an unfortunate truth that most service pricing is created using either guesswork or copying other people's guesswork. Hello, and welcome back to the Fearless Pricing Podcast. Today, our guest is Jason Van Orden, business strategist to coaches and consultant. Absolutely. So I've been an entrepreneur, a coach, a digital marketer for a little over 20 years. In fact, I just had my 20th anniversary of quitting my job as an, as an engineer and just striking out on my own. I had no idea where I would end, and it's been a very long and winding path. However, these days, what led me to where I am right now is that uh, I've been creating and selling courses since 2004, came online to sell those, ran into podcasting as a way to reach an audience, launched a podcast that was for beginning entrepreneurs. Uh, it became a top 10 business show for the next 10 years. It was the very first podcast about internet marketing and internet business, launched that in 2005. And then around 2015 or so, uh, branched out and decided, you know what, I'm, I've been happy working with entrepreneurs, beginning entrepreneurs. I want to work with established people now, coaches and consultants who have an amazing message and expertise that they want to get out there bigger in the world. And so for the last several years, I've been helping those coaches and consultants who deliver great results to their clients, but are looking for that way to go to the next level of income and impact. But they know that what they're doing right now is not going to get them there. What they've been doing is not going to get them to where they want to go, but they're not sure about what to change in their business model, in their marketing, in their sales, and in how in their offers and how they deliver those offers. So I help them make those decisions to open up new potential in serving more people, making more money, having a bigger impact in the world. And that's me in a nutshell. Cool. You're so right. You're a business strategist then. Um, so tell us what the, what did the business strategist do to deserve to, to be on the, what I should have had what I should have charged show. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I have made dozens and dozens of courses and offers over the year. Um, like I said, I've been making courses for 20 years. So in that time I have sold things that didn't sell that nobody bought. I've sold things that only one person bought my dad. <laughs> I have sold things that have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in just two weeks. And so I've certainly seen what works, what doesn't and how to adjust when you get it wrong. Cause guess what? Even now with all that experience, sometimes I don't get it quite right. Right. So it's all about knowing, well, what can I do if I miss the mark? So I don't know, I get it's that, that, uh, experience in designing and launching offers over many, many years that I would love to bring to your show today to give people some ideas of how they can better price their offers. Cool. So tell us a story of, of when you got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, you know, one thing that I do and, and the I'll apply this to me. One thing I do is I help coaches and consultants launch new offers because they're going from one to one to one to many. They want to help more people. Mm -hmm. And I do that myself sometimes where I'm launching a new offer. And it's always tricky, right? When you launch a new offer to make sure you get it just right. There's so many elements to hit. Pricing being just one of them. You know, what are the outcomes I'm going to deliver? How am I going to give them support? How am I going to give them access to me, if at all? How are they going to access the information? What are the features? What are the benefits? What are the, all these things, right? And price mm -hmm. is just one critical one of those elements. Well, when I shift in 2015, 
to working with established coaches and clients, I went from having all of this reputation and all of the, you know, people, lots of people who knew I, who I was, but in the beginner entrepreneur market to now working with people who weren't as familiar with me. And, you know, one of many aspects I find that affect what price you can charge is, well, what's your credibility? You know, what is the track record that you can show in terms of case studies, in terms of testimonials, in terms of your uh, background doing the thing? You know, all of those things increase the perceived value and therefore the price that you can charge. And I was used to charging really good prices, but also delivering amazing results. But when I made that switch, I was in this position of like, well, I guess I'll make my best guess in terms of what price I'll charge. And it was a new course I was I was offering. It was called Launch Your Course. It was, it was for helping coaches and consultants who wanted to go from one to one to one to many to transition that offer into some kind of online program that allowed them to serve five, 10, 20 times as many clients, but cut their work. And so in my mind, I'm like, wow, that is, that, that's worth plenty. You know, if you can cut your workload in half and serve five, 10, 20 times as many clients, like your increase in impact and income is huge. So for me, I was like $3,000, no problem. I can charge for this. You know, it was like, come in for three months, this program, I've got a process that's been proven over years and years, but I underestimated the importance of that track record with the audience that I, the new audience that I wanted to reach. And at first I wasn't able to charge quite as much as I had hoped for that, just because I was still bringing in new leads, figuring out how to reach them, how to narrow that down, how to get the messaging right. And of course, one of the scary things when you're launching a new thing is like, well, if you price it too high and not enough people buy, what do you do? It's not like you can go right back out and say, sorry, I'm just kidding, you can now buy it for less money because then you just look like you don't know what you're doing, right? And so that's one of the scary things. You charge too little, people sign up really fast, but then you're not making enough money and you might end up resenting the people that you're working with because you're like, I'm not getting paid enough for what I'm doing, right? So it's that tricky balance in between. And so what I'm thinking of here is in those early years of making that shift into my current business, launching this program, pricing it a little too high based on my past experience, but forgetting it was a new audience and having to figure out what do I do now if not enough people are buying? So that was the mistake that, uh, that I made that I'd love to talk about today. Cool. So, so you charged too high based on the new context and then you let's be honest, kind of panicked a little bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was like, Oh no, what do I do? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I got to get creative. And I talked to friends about what ideas they had and uh, yeah, absolutely. It, like it it's not takes a one to place know to be. One. This is why I know, I know <laughs> yes. because I've been in that panic, right? 100%. Okay. So this is not working. My best guess. And it's, it was your best guess, right? Your best guess is obviously yeah. not working. So what now? Right? So you, you yeah. panic a little and then you basically, always so this is a guess from my side you go to low and how did you figure out at first glance how did you figure out that where where you went to was probably not enough so it was too high and then it's easy to to figure out when it's too high people don't buy that that right. has a you know a huge shiny red button that that you know that flashes with this is too high, but how do you know if your price is too low? Yeah. Well, one of the things I look for, because I mean, I tell 
I sell on the phone mostly because my stuff is higher ticket. It's like, you know, uh -huh. 3000 and above 3000 to 10, 15, $20,000. And so if I'm on the phone call with somebody and we get to that point where it's time to mention the investment to work with me and they say, yes, really, really quickly. I mean, that feels good. At first you're like, awesome. I did a good job selling. I'm so happy to have this new client. And then you get off the call and you get them all, you get them all set up, you get off the call, everything's great. And then I always have that thought of like, they said yes too easily. Like <laughs> I probably could have charged more. Right. Yeah. And that's when I know it's like, okay, well, the next time I find myself in this situation, selling this offer to this person, I'm going to bump it up. I'm going to bump it up, you know, 10, 15%, whatever, 20% and see what happens. And if they still say yes, really fast, it's like, great, I'm going to go up again. Um, so that's, that's how I decide, like, if I've gone too high, well, not enough people are buying according to what I think should yeah. happen. If I'm charging too low, they say yes, too fast. And I fill the program too fast. And it's like, okay, well, clearly there's some more room to make more money and, you know, still have that amazing impact on people. Cause I know the stuff yeah. that I deliver will give them the ROI on their investment. Absolutely. It's, we're not talking about selling something that, that has no value. So I've worked with a couple of hundred people and I've yet to have a client that, uh, you know, offered too little value. I mean, there's such people out there, but they don't invest in somebody like me. They're like <laughs> happy to get whatever they're getting because they they know they're not providing enough value, but these are people who know they're in, uh, providing more value than they get uh, paid for, but don't know how to get there. Right. Right. So, so yes, I usually say a well-placed price doesn't sound like, yes, let's do it. That doesn't, it, it sounds right. more like, okay, that's how you, yeah, yeah. that for that client. <laughs> it's like the nice balance in between yes. is what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you don't that, get that, you know, sucking air tr through their teeth, it's, it's probably not there yet. Right. And I usually say, if they say yes in the first two to three seconds after you say your price, mm. then it's probably too low most. Right. And that's right. why you have to firstly get them on Zoom or on the phone. For you, it's maybe a phone for me, it's Zoom. But secondly, you have to phrase the thing, phrase the offer in a way that the last thing you say, the, the last words that come out of your mouth are the number. And then you get the cleanest reaction. Right. Because people, right. Uh, you can qualify your offer. You can talk about the investment. You can talk about the ROI, whatever you want. Yeah. Before you say the price. Otherwise, you say the same words immediately after the number. It sounds like you're uh, defensive. Right. I don't know if that's your if that's your experience as well. Before we continue, I'd like to suggest two things. Firstly, if this is the first time you're tuning in, I'd love for you to subscribe and hear the next story in a week. And second, if you feel you could do with a little more fearless pricing content, look in the show notes for the link to the popular, short, and sometimes funny bi-weekly newsletter. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are great, I guess, yeah, criteria for deciding where your price lands. And, you know, when, when I figure out that it's like, oh, maybe I need to come lower, it's not that I believe the offer is worth lower, but I recognize that there's one of two or three, maybe four things that are happening. Either 
I'm not, the messaging isn't quite right to make it clear what the value is, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I'll take this for now and then I'm gonna figure out how to make it clear what the ROI really is. It might be that I'm just not attracting the quite the right people who are the right fit and ready right now and have the ability to go in and, yeah, and invest. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, it's like, okay, I need to tweak some messaging. I need to tweak where I'm going to find the, the people maybe. Um, it might be that's just like, okay, this program or me for this audience don't quite have the track record and the credibility and the proof yet to be able to establish that value. So it's like, yeah, I might jump back down to go, well, let's get some money in the door, get some people in the door. Let's prove that they want this. Let's get some feedback. Let's get some success stories. Mm -hmm. But knowing that I'm going to inch back up to what I think that value should be in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It always starts with a guess. I'm so yeah. glad that you said that word, you know, uh, yeah. That, yeah, so it was my best guess because we used to commoditize services where everybody knows how much a car wash is, you know, everybody right. knows price shop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you can, and you can't price shop because it doesn't really matter who washes yeah. your car. I, it's a job. I, I don't want to discredit it, but for, for most people and most cars, you know, if somebody switched uh, the person washing my car in the middle of the wash, I would neither know or care. Right. As long as we're talking about minimal professionalism, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about any fraud, any criminal, any negligence. We're talking about a professional level. As as long as it's on the professional level, I don't care. Yeah. Right. And then I can price shop because I'm get I know I'm getting the same service. It's just this is $20 less, right? But yeah. a coach is not a coach. You can't get, you know, uh, re replace your coach Mindy with, with another co uh, coach called Mindy and expect to, to not even know that you switch. Right. That's not a thing. So even if one of them has a $20 off compared to the other one, that's not a good comparison at all, right? So when people guess, they say, you know, I can feel bad at guessing. Maybe I should find out first what other people are charging. But mm, people right. are also guessing. Yeah, they're guessing too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's one tiny little data point and so yeah. many other things that you should be, right? You should be really looking at like what's the value of what you offer. And mm -hmm. you bring up such a good point here in that. It is. It's about going from being a commodity service to like a category of one, meaning it's like, yes. okay, I can go find other experts saying and offering the same thing as you versus, no, you are the person I have been waiting for. I can see why well, your solution is different. I've not heard anybody put it the way that you put it. And at this point, I just want to work with you. And yes. clearly the difference between this and this could mean two, three, five, ten times as much money for you and, you know, value to them uh, as well. So yeah, hundred percent. This is a, a especially a, a, a exacerbated when people charge per, um, for time. So like yes. hourly or daily yes. because, yeah. okay. So this guy has like a 20% lower hourly rate, but who knows how many hours this is going to take. So right. you might spend three times more money because it will take them so much longer. To, to do the same thing, right? And also, and that this is something that I mention often on this show, with expert 
expertise-based services, more is not always more. So would you like a lawyer that can solve your case in two months or two years, which is more valuable? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I tell my clients, it's like, look, if you're able to give like price to the outcome, and if you're able to hand them one sheet of paper that gives them what they want in five minutes, it does not make it less valuable than the person who takes two months. Oh, I mean, I guess it makes it more valuable, right? The, the timing is, is shortened. Yes. And so, yeah, pricing to your effort or the amount of information or the size of the deliverable is absolutely the wrong way. It's a conflict of interest, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, there's ethics. Yes, there's rules. Yes, there's laws. But that's just papering over the cracks. Uh, it's a conflict of interest. The more time yeah. I spend, uh, the better for me, right? And when you're uh, pricing on value, I'm 100% agreeing you on this, uh, then the more value you can bring, the more you can charge, which is... Yeah. Which is you know, a common interest of both you and your client, right? Especially with coaches and consultants. So, so I'm very happy yeah. for, for you to have this. There's a snag in value pricing as well. I'm not going to say anything bad about it because I, I, I think it's the best thing that, that we've got. However, when you're setting your price, I think it's sort of a trap for you to base your price on what you think the value is. Because when you're an expert, you're talking to people who are amateurs. Your clients are going to be amateurs in what you do. They, right. If they weren't amateurs, they wouldn't need you, right? So an amateur very often see just a part of the value. So if I rang your doorbell and said, um, hi, Jason, I think you should pay me a lot of money to fix your roof because I'm a roofing expert and I can see you have some winter damage, whatever. And you look at your roof and you're like, I don't see it go away, right? Maybe I'm right. And maybe you'll be sorry, but that doesn't matter. You're not buying. Right. Right. Yeah. So me calculating that this will be 50,000 in damages and paying me 5,000 would save you a lot of money only matters if you can see it. And you right. can't until I show it to you, I have to find a way. And this is what you talk, uh, uh, talked about earlier. Value communication is at least as important as value. There has to be value. Yeah. Otherwise, there's nothing to communicate. However, you can have a value of 10,000, but only be able to communicate, look, I'm great, right? If I say it's 10,000, you have a conflict of interest there. And yeah. you can be great. And people can know you from your podcast and whatever, but you know, you have a very clear ulterior motive to say that this costs $3,000. And if I don't see it, right. As you said, you knew that this was valuable and anybody who would enter into your new shiny new thing experienced it would have said, oh, wow. Yeah, this was totally worth it. However, they don't have that insight yet. You do. Right. But right. they don't. So uh, value based pricing is, is vulnerable to, let's say, uh, holes in, in communication in uh, the, there's something that I like to call locked leverage. So there is leverage and you can save them a lot of money or gain them a lot of money. So you, you by rights, you should have leverage, but until they see it, it's locked. You can't use it. You have to unlock the leverage first. And then you can use right. it, right? 
It's your job to make it clear to them. And, and you know, there's a way to do this that feels very like, hey, I'm consulting you, I'm helping you, I just want to help you see like, here's the cost of not doing something right now about this. And here's the gain if you do something about this. So knowing like what matters to them most and what's that worth and then communicating that in terms that and doing the math for them. And sometimes the oh, math yeah. is very clear and easy. I mean, I'll give you one easy example. I have one client who's a divorce lawyer, has this awesome course to help people who are headed into divorce. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're worried about the cost. They're worrying about the time and the stress. They don't know what to expect, right? And she walks them very clearly through, here are the initial things you need to think about going into this. Her course is only $350. Well, in the US, one hour of a lawyer's time is somewhere between $300 and $500 an hour. Mm -hmm. Her course will easily save them four or more hours of a lawyer's time explaining to them and walking them through these steps, right? So we made that a part of the sales process, of the messaging. It's like, look, all I need to do is save you one hour of time, which is easy with a lawyer and this course has paid for itself. And then after that, it's all return on your investment, but you have to do the math for them. Sometimes it's that clear and easy. Sometimes it's a little bit, you know, it's like, well, how do you quantify reduction in stress? How do you quantify? And so, you know, you do your best job to make those comparisons, but it all starts by knowing what matters to the person that you are selling to, that you're, you know, want as your ideal client and helping them see the math of the cost of not doing anything versus the gain of doing something now and where that will get them, you know, a month, two months, three months, five, six months from, yes. from now. And this is why this kind of selling, it's more like fit seeking than selling, I think. Seeking. Yes. Fit, right. Yes, totally. Uh, it's much easier to do in person when uh, what I mean by that is not through email. Yes. And um, so you doing the math for them, but doing that with them in the room is something completely different than saying, yeah. hi, you know, sending an email that they're not going to open. And if they open, they're not going to read. And if they read, they're going to skim and saying, so here's the math. You know, what I do will get you $10,000. I'm only charging 300. You're, uh, so you're basically an idiot if you don't take it. Right. <laughs> right. So, so you can mask it in more diplomatic words, but that's what you're saying. That doesn't work. That absolutely doesn't work. I tried. <laughs> it doesn't work. So this is why high-ticket things, high-ticket high ticket services, as, as you said, are best served by talking to somebody that you have a reason to trust, right? And I, yeah. I that's your philosophy. Yeah, preparing them and filtering them before you're even on the phone with them. And then when you're on the phone with them, asking the right questions so you can make the connection, show the fit, and do the math for them. Yeah. And usually get them to tell you why they need to do it now. So you don't have to do that as some right. sort of work, right? It's a skill, but it's, it helps very much, I think. Uh, right. I wanted to ask you what's different. So, so absolutely congratulations on 20 years. It's barely been five for me. Uh, so, so what's different in your price that you do now that you didn't do, you know, uh, let's say even 10 years ago. So the world yeah, well, changed. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I confidently charge more and that's not just because of inflation, but that's because 
Uh, I recognize more the value of what I offer. I've uh, figured out what messaging to use to make it clear the value of what it is that I uh, that I offer. I've learned how to better find the right fit client, make sure that they are the right fit and are prepared to talk to me before we're on the phone with each other. You know, I've learned how to sell better in a very consultative way that doesn't apply pressure, but still makes it very clear why this is the best solution for them. And all those things over the years have allowed me, and then of course I have a reputation and, and proof and things like that. And all those things stack up to, I'm able to charge more than I was able to 20 years ago. I can remember my first consulting client was like $50 an hour is what I quoted to them. And not only is that a small amount compared to what I'm able to charge now, but it also, well, it was attached to time, which I didn't realize that, <laughs> that was not the way to go then, right? Value pricing was what I needed to do. So those are some big things that have changed. Since, since, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I wanted to say that's where we all start charging for hours because I have barely met anybody who is a coach, consultant, or you know, expert professional in general that hasn't tried working for somebody else first. We are mostly born out of that. It teaches us to think in hourly terms because. Yes. That's what because, society does. Yes, and that's how we were paid. And that's what how I, everything was calculated. And that's how our portion of the work was, was built to clients. And, you know, that's how you do it, right? That's yeah. how you do it. So we all, we all start at the hourly pricing. Most people I've seen, so they either go hourly price. Sometimes in, in IT, you have, you know, man days, so, so dailies, or in some cases, Output pricing, which is like per page, translators will do this, right? Uh, uh, so th- this is this, uh, you know, uh, words or this many. So that's output-based price. So some words will take more, some uh, words will take less. But value-based is mostly unknown until you get right into that. Although there's some, some profits of value-based pricing that have been uh, you know, blowing that trumpet since the nineties, but especially in like accounting and stuff, but not much has changed. So it's a micro movement. I think I uh, wanted to talk a little back a little on the just kidding part. You said you, you can't really walk back an offer, right? I mean, I had some good and bad experiences with, with that kind of a thing. If you publish, no. You, you can't walk back. However, when you talk to a client, right. you probably can. Maybe you don't want to, but you probably can say, uh, you know, this is this. And then you hear the gasp, right? You, you see the sticker shock and you say, however, we have a payment plan and, you know, with no penalties. And then they say, oh, right, right. No, well, that's right. the same thing. Or you tack on a guarantee. This is also some something that I've used. Uh, that I also advise to clients. So a guarantee is if you are able to know, if you know what you're doing enough to guarantee something, and usually you're going to guarantee in your time, not in money, but it takes all sorts. It makes you harder to, to compare apples to apples. So this guy is a thousand dollars and this guy is a thousand, uh, 1700. However, the 1700 guy guarantees the result and the first guy doesn't. So that's not the same thing, right? Right. 
Um, and being compared apples to apples is uh, something that you want to avoid because like we previously established in this episode, we are not apples to apples. A coach is not mm -hmm. a coach, right? Um, there's a better fit and a worse fit and the extra $700 for a much better fit is a bargain. However, you have to know what you're talking about in order to realize this. And mm -hmm. most of our work is susceptible to what I like to call the uh, experts paradox. People who need you don't value you correctly. People, people who value you correctly don't need you. Right. <laughs> right. So, so would you agree that in general, people who you work with, people who you meet, people who are expert professionals are usually undercharged. A lot of people undercharge. I mean, I know sometimes I undercharge. I think our conditioning in society to, you know, think about the value of our time in ways that aren't helpful, um, you know, whether it's, you know, just this thing we're taught to be humble or not value what it is that we do. Imposter syndrome, you know, a lot yeah. of things that lead us to pull back when it comes to what we could and, and should and are very much justified in, in pricing. And so absolutely one of the first or steps to take when it comes to increasing your prices is the mindset battle. It's inside your own head, I would say. Oh yeah. A I agree with, I mean, obviously, but I have an ulterior mo motive to agree here. However, I think you're right. There's so many pressure that pull us down the price and not too many to uh, increase it. Inflation, full stop. <laughs> right, right. It's like, yeah, if the cost of our living is going up, then that might motivate us. But you're right. There are far more, more many factors leading us to go lower as opposed to higher. Even then, uh, so let's say, that I moved to New York, my cost of living would go up, but my clients would not appreciate that as a factor to their price. So everybody's, right. so why I said inflation, everybody's cost of living has to go up and then clients say, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> I can't pretend that this has nothing to do with me. Of course, everybody's doing that now. This is how inflation works. Uh, the right. prices keep rising because the prices keep rising, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like the uh, the old quote from I think early civilization game: uh, bureaucracy must expand to meet the demands of expanding bureaucracy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, apart from our old friend the, the the inflation, which is you know overdoing it right now, there's very few things that push our price up, and yeah. this is why. Uh, I think I can achieve uh, high results with basically every anybody that, that that works with me, because I'm not magic. They're not uh, they're not incapable of pricing. They've been in their industry for you know 10, 15, 10, 15 years. The thing is, it's not them who are underpriced. Everybody is. If we're talking that, about right, right. Um, expert professional, but as you said mindset battles and all of the impulses from the outside, including other people's guesswork, showing them that, you know, they might overdo it, that it's probably not that valuable. And then you think, you know, would I pay for my service? Of course, you, uh, that much. Of course, you, you, you know what you're doing in there, right? Right. People don't want experts in anything uh, unless they're worried. And of course you're not worried about that because you know, you know, right. Right. Just as a quick uh, 
recap, you shared a great story of, of you changed your context. You went from uh, fully known and fully confident to fully confident and not fully known. And this um, caused you to, to overstep and then panic and then overcompensate and then inch your way back, right? 10, 20%. Um, we talked about the value pricing as the right way. We talked about talking to clients directly as the right way to do value pricing. And finally, we talked about impulses to, to get to get your price higher or low, lower, right? right? I think uh, this was a really good and worthwhile discussion. Uh, tell me, Jason, where can people find your work? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you can find me at jasonvanorden.com. And I'd encourage you to sign up for my newsletter if you have resonated with the things that I've shared today. I often talk about how to go to find your ideal clients and how to consistently fill your offers as well, specifically for coaches and consultants. Thank you very much for sharing what you shared today. I think people will recognize themselves as I did and looking forward to, to seeing you again. My pleasure, Philip. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, simply subscribe. Until next time, your host, Philip Wojcic.